Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. It's Amir from Broncos Avenue today. And today we're going to be previewing the Broncos matchup against the Indianapolis Colts on Thursday Night Football. We're just a few days away. Um, super excited. This is uh, week five now that we're already answering. Man, time time is flying by, Trayton. Already uh, looking in. We're two and two um, already. The Broncos are... Uh, we've already had like multiple primetime games. We even have another primetime game after this one against the Chargers on Monday Night Football the following week. But, you know, now that we've had some time to kind of digest this loss against the Las Vegas Raiders, um, very embarrassing loss. But, um, you know, ten- our you know temper and emotions have settled down. Um, I know our last pod um, recapping the game was, was a little uh, – was uh we were we had emotions are pretty high like usual um you know it was a, a lot of emotion all over the place and so now that we've had time to uh kind of digest this win and had we've had a chance to look at film and whatnot um we did we just kind of ha- we have to put this behind us and move on to the next game i mean it's a short turnaround um short week and hopefully this team can uh you know, turn, you know, turn things around and get going. Um, I'm excited to see what they can do against the uh, Colts coming up on Thursday night. But um, yeah, the Broncos will be hosting Matt Ryan and uh, the Indianapolis Colts. What, what are you thinking about this matchup? Well, uh, I mean, this is another matchup on paper uh, that, you know, looks really, really favorable for us. Yeah. Um, so, and I think uh, I think that was my mistake last week because I, I was actually feeling pretty confident all week long, um, and I think I just kind of looked. Uh, I took too much stock off of what I saw on, on paper, you know, uh, and I, I I think this is a, a, a I, I think this matchup is definitely better than the Raiders, but. Um, and then, too, I mean, just look at the on-field product that the Colts have put on the field for the past four weeks. Um, I mean, their only win – I'll give them their only win is against the Chiefs, which is great, but – Yeah. I mean, and, and like, go, looking back at that game, I mean, if we're being honest, the, the Colts did not deserve to win that game in any way. I mean, it, it took a bunch – it took a ton of just blatantly dumb and fluky errors from the Chiefs for the Colts to even be competitive in that game, and the Chiefs still should have won. Uh, so, I mean, the, just looking at, at the matchup, I mean, the, and from what we've seen through four weeks, I mean, Denver definitely hasn't impressed anyone, but I, uh, the Colts look just downright awful, I, I'd say. Um, you know, they've got a, a lot of offensive line problems. Uh, Matt Ryan is turning the ball over at just an absolutely unacceptable rate. Um, yeah, and, you know, they, he's fumbling a, a very all-time high rate. It, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, he's just not making good decisions with the football. Um, I, and from an offensive and defensive perspective i i think i think we're gonna make uh i think we're gonna give ryan a, a tough night i think he's gonna be running for his life um i, I and I, I really do think this could be i think this should be a really good uh bounce back game from for the defense you know i think this is a game where we can uh not only limit them offensively but i think we can force a lot of turnovers here um, i like it I, I agree i agree with that a lot yeah, you know, and I think, you know, Ryan, I mean, you know, no surprise there. He's not a mobile quarterback. So 
Um, you know, if the pass rush can get home and I, I think, uh, and I, I actually don't think, I mean, obviously, and I'm sure we'll get to the injuries later, but, uh, with Randy Gregory missing two to two to six weeks, um, or well, and actually it'll be at now to, I, I would say four to six weeks now since he's yeah. on IR. Um, but I mean, I, I really don't think the drop off from Randy Gregory to Baron Browning because I'm, I'm assuming that's who who will be starting at edge, correct? Or do you yes, think it'll be yeah. it'll be Baron, it'll be Baron Browning, and then yeah. they'll they'll kind of look to uh, Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito for the rotation. And you know, I, I really don't think uh, I, I I really don't think the drop off is going to be um as significant as everyone uh, seems to think it will be. Uh, I, I, I think Browning can get out there and provide a really solid uh, presence on the edge. I mean, he showed that in preseason. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, we heard nothing but great things coming out of camp. So, um, I'm excited for him to, you know, get a real shot at starting at the position and uh, in some regular season action. And, and I think this is the perfect matchup for it, you know. Um, I, I'm not even saying we got to be great. Just as long as we can, you know, get pressure on a somewhat consistent basis, I think that's going to make life hard for this Colts, uh, this Colts offense. And uh, I, and obviously the like key uh, defensive key is stopping the run. And uh, I, I'm not sure if they'll have Jonathan Taylor out there. He hasn't practiced the past two days, but yeah, um, you know, regardless and there you know the Colts the the threat of the run is always there and if they do have Taylor I mean that's just another uh uh, that that could be a that that could be a matchup to to definitely watch for and I think that if the defense looks anything like it did last week it's going to be a rough game uh especially I mean if if we're letting Josh Jacobs do that to us I I don't I don't want to know what it's going to look like with Jonathan Taylor um, but I, I, I think the missed tackles and, you know, the things of that sort that plagued the run, the run defense last week, I think that can get cleaned up. Um, and obviously if, if Taylor doesn't play, I think, I think our, our, uh, I think the matchup gets even better defensively. Um, I, I, I really do expect us to maybe not dominate, but I, I think this should be a really, uh, really great defensive performance by us this game just by what we've seen in the past few weeks. And, uh, and then look, moving over to the offensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, the Colts defense, I, they, they've definitely, I think they definitely have a lot of talent. Uh, I don't think we've necessarily seen it translate on the field uh, so far this season yet. And then looking at the, looking at their uh, injury report, also uh, Shaq Leonard and uh, Julian Blackman also are no practices through Monday and Tuesday. So, um, I mean, looking at that, if uh, it's looking like there's a, a good possibility they could be without Blackman, their top safety, and uh, Leonard, obviously, one of the top linebackers in the league. And uh, so I, I definitely think that this is a this is a very winnable game. This is a game we should win. Um, I, I, I'd love to say I feel a lot more confident about this game than I did uh, the last, but, you know, it's on a short week and the, you know, the loss of Javante Gregory, uh, just, I mean, we're, we're, we're just getting, uh, absolutely screwed with injuries right now. And then, yeah, uh, R- Russ is having problems with his shoulder. Um, even though he's expected to play and shouldn't have any limitations, uh, 
I still think this is a very, uh, very winnable game. And I mean, just right off the bat, looking at it on paper, this looks like another very uh, favorable matchup uh, on both sides of the ball for the Broncos. Yeah, um, I think 1,000% the Broncos, this is a must when you have to win this game, AFC, uh, AFC matchup. Um, if when you teams in the league, um, you know, coming up to week one of the season, you were talking, we, um, people were talking about, you know, the Jags or the Jets or the Seahawks. Um, I think now you're looking at the Colts as easily one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, they've just underperformed in almost every asset of their, um, of their roster. So, um, their offensive line has been not too good up to this point. Um, Jonathan Taylor popped off week one. And ever since then, he's not been, you know, good at all for fantasy teams. Um, and so if, you know, they're, they're not blocking well for their running back or their quarterback. And Matt, uh, like you said, Matt, Matt Ryan just turning over the ball every time, you know, the ball is in his hands. So um, I think this, our defense uh, needs, to, needs to go back out there and, have, um, and show, you know, back to that 49ers game that we're the best defense in the league. Um, that was a very poor game um, in terms of our, our run defense. But, I, you know, I believe in uh, Evero's group. That we can, uh, we, you know, we can get this thing back on the uh, back on track. Um, in terms of our offense, we just need uh, we need to score points um, and we need to limit the penalties. Um, obviously, turnovers haven't been a huge issue this season from the quarterback position, but uh, fumbling at the running back position has honestly has been more of our turnovers than interceptions, which I never thought I would be saying as a Broncos fan. But here we are. Um, Melvin Gordon has, uh, and so that's where I can kind of tie this in. Um, I know you've already uh, pointed out, but, uh, Javante Williams, absolutely gut wrenching news. He is out for the entire season and likely even the beginning of next season with, um, a torn ACL, LCL and a PLC. It's just, he completely blew up his knee. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, like me even, still even talking about it it like absolutely hurts I mean this is one of our best players on offense and you know um taking away all like the the emotions and just him being a fan favorite among this fan base he is so important like vitally important to this offense in terms of what they want to do schematically in terms of how they split carries and how they approach the run game play action he is better in pass protection than Melvin Gordon is he is a better running back than Melvin Gordon is. He's a better receiving back than Melvin Gordon is. He can hold on to the better ball uh, to the ball better than Melvin Gordon is. I mean, I hate to point out these things, but you know, I'm just trying to you know let you guys know that how big of a loss this is. Um, the Broncos offensively, Justin Allen and Nathaniel Hackett, they got to figure this thing out, man. Like running backs coach as well, they they need to get together and figure out okay, how are we gonna, um, you know. To handle a loss of uh, as big as Javante and keep their running game stable throughout the season with Melvin Gordon, who has not been showing you uh, too many um, positive things so far up to this point, and previous, uh, previously signed Latavius Murray, who we picked up off the um, Saints practice squad, who, by the way, had a, a really good game in London against the Vikings and their loss. But, um, yeah, we, we have uh, Mike Boone, Latavius Murray, and Melvin Gordon. we got to figure out how to – um, utilize. I mean, those three backs right there—they're good backs. We just got to make sure we can hold on, hold on to the ball, and we'll be really good. But um, 
Um, the running back group. I mean, we have a we have a. You can argue that we have a better running back group with these three guys than um, more. You know, a lot of the teams in the league. And so we just we just got to figure out how to stabilize our running game because it's going to be our you know running game is a huge part of uh, every NFL offense. And when you can't get that going, you you can never even you can launch the ball, have a great day. I mean, look at the Chiefs game. Uh, the Chiefs and Bucks game that we just saw on Sunday Night Football a few days ago, um, the Bucks weren't able to get anything going on the ground. Brady had like 52 uh, pass attempts and only 13 incompletions, but they still lost by double digits because you know they they made a mistake and they weren't able to get anything done on the ground. The running game is super important, and you can't let a loss like Javante Williams hold you back from being, um, you know, a good offense. So I think if this team can rebound from that. And, you know, they can just figure out this thing on offense. Obviously, I like what um, Nathaniel Hackett was done uh, improving the red zone offense. Um, Russell Wilson as well. Um, it was reported Justin Allen told me, the media that um, Russell Wilson did call that read option that scored that late touchdown for the Broncos in a um, late attempt to uh, make a comeback against the Las Vegas Raiders. But, uh, I mean, Russell Wilson and Hackett are getting they're, – they're getting closer and closer – um, we're seeing improvement in the red zone. Um, I just want to see this team, you know, figure out how they can rebound from these very vital injuries. And like you said, um, on the defensive side of the ball, we lost a very big player. Randy Gregory was um, probably our best free agent signing. Um, you can argue between him and DJ Jones, but uh, Randy Gregory was just having an insane start to the season. Um, the numbers don't suggest that he was being like, super productive but you know he was having an insane pass rush win, uh, win rate this dude was creating pressures non-stop um he was just like a, he was a force on you know the uh left outside linebacker position and so to lose him uh it's a huge loss but you know it's next man up so you know baron browning uh jonathan cooper who is dealing with injuries um and nick benito they they need to uh, step up those young guys uh, need to you know need to get get it together for this defense, um, and you know I'm I'm excited. Uh, I think this Colts team, uh, we 1,000 percent have to win this game. Um, it's it's not a game that's even up for debate at this point. Like we we are a highly favored uh, team. Uh, I, I'm not sure the odds and you know whatnot, but um, there will be serious concerns if we can't uh, pull away with this victory on Thursday. Yeah, you know, and actually, I, I want to go back to something you brought up uh, specifically. I want to talk about the running back room for a minute, um, and you know what this is like. What this offense is going to look like losing such a crucial player in Javante. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, 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 the thought of Melvin Gordon. I mean, regardless of whether we like it or not, and even Jan Justin out and made this clear to the media today, is that you know M- Melvin's going to carry the bulk of the load. Yeah. Um, I definitely think we're going to see a fair amount of Latavius Murray as well. Maybe not this week, but in future. Um, but, you know, and, and th- th- like it, it really, really sucks with Melvin, you know, because the, the dude is such an effective back, uh, you know, such an effective back uh, running, just running the football, but he can't hold on to it to save his life, you know, and uh, I, 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 the coaching staff has got to uh, figure something out, you know, uh, 
this this is this issue i mean at the, at this point i mean what do we think the course of action here is if melvin's fumbling issue can either continues to get worse or stays where it is i mean you've got mike boone and latavius murray that are going to rush for probably th- maybe 3 yards a carry uh but at least they'll hold on to the football and then you can get a, a solid 4 to 5 like 4.5 5 yards a carry out of melvin uh i i mean and I, I really think, and if you look at the numbers, that is the only reason Melvin uh, is in the league. I actually, I saw a stat the other day. I, I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but um, I, I do believe that since Melvin is in the league, um, don't quote me on this because I, I haven't got this fact checked, but um, since Melvin has entered the league, I believe he does lead the league in fumbles um, and, and per carry, but uh, but then if you look at the yards per carry, uh, you know, that'll give you a good idea as to why he's still, you know, on an NFL team, because, uh, it, it, you know, any back that's not producing at the rate that he is, or even in the same realm of realm of, uh, that he is, it simply isn't that they, they just aren't on an NFL roster because you cannot have fumbles like that. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I just, what is this offense going to look like moving forward with someone who's, I mean, and uh, the, and the fumbles are just absolutely, it doesn't matter when you're averaging five yards of carry. It doesn't matter how, how many yards of carry you're averaging when you're fumbling at that rate, because I mean uh, you know, the, you don't, you don't fall on it and that completely flips the field. We've already seen uh, Melvin's already cost us two games by himself. Uh, and we're only four games in, uh, you know, I, th- I think it's I totally think it's possible that we that Melvin goes out there Thursday night and absolutely lights it up and holds on to the ball. Oh, yeah. Whether that will be a consistent, a, con- uh, a consistent thing to happen. I, I don't know at this point. Um, and, and I mean, if if we've watched the just I mean, if you've watched any of Melvin's tenure and uh, tenure in Denver, I mean, it's you have you would have no reason to believe that he will. Um you know, I I think what this coaching staff needs to do is they, you know, they need to help M- Melvin do some real, uh, some real revision on his, uh, on his uh, strategy of carrying the ball. Uh, I, and I, you know, I, I, I don't know how you fix this issue. Uh, the, the, there's got to be something, ex- whether it's uh, drills and practice. Uh, whether it's a mindset thing, I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not the coaching staff, but this is an issue that is just, if Melvin's going to keep fumbling at the same rate that he is, uh, th- this puts the Broncos offense and just, and, and, well, and the team in general, just in, a, in, in an absolutely awful position. Um, you know, I, I can't recall a, a, a single player in all of my years watching watching the Broncos or football in general, where I actually have anxiety every time they touch the football, uh, because I'm so, I, I'm so used to them fumbling, but, uh, Melvin's a first. And, uh, at, at this point, I don't know what you can do, but I, I think you pretty much just have to say, look, Melvin, you know, here's a clean slate. This is your chance to go out there and prove that, uh, you can hold on to the ball and be an effective back for us. And he had, the reality is, is he's going to have to, he's going to be a crucial part of this offense, whether we like it or not. 
and I, I, I tr- and I still stand by my original statement on uh, on Sunday is that if Javante Williams doesn't get hurt in this game, I truly believe that should have been his last carry as a Bronco. It's it's crazy with Melvin because um, as much as we we say the coaching staff can help him fix this issue, he's carrying he's carrying the ball. You can see like on like the replays of some of his fumbles, like he kind of lets loose on the ball. But through all the coaching staffs he's been, uh, and I know Benjamin Albright talked about this, he's been through you know um, Pat. He's been coached by Pat Shermer. Um, Nathaniel Hackett now, um, our different running back coaches, the coaches in uh, San Diego and Los Angeles. And it's still been a problem all the way out through his career. I've noticed even like Wisconsin running backs, they have this issue with fumbling. I, I don't know if it's even a coaching thing. It's just um, with him, it feels like it's just all in his head. And um, it, there's even like a, um, I saw uh, Broncos base posted this on his Instagram story, and I saw this in the offseason as well. Um, he went on a podcast interview with uh, oh. Taylor, Taylor Lewan and Will Compton on Bustin' with the Boys, and he he literally says to the media, which shocked me. I did, I don't remember seeing this clip, but he literally says to the media that, like, whenever I, uh, whenever I was getting uh, – he would, like, talk about specific fumbles that he had, and he would say, like, right before I was going to get that ball, even before the snap, I knew I was going to fumble. And that just like as a fan to see that it's not only enraging, but you you're like, bro, are you serious? You're an NFL professional running back and you're not only admitting to the media that you don't have any confidence in yourself, but you're also speaking, you know, these turnovers into existence like you have you have the potential to easily hold on to that football. You're just trying to do too much and you're getting in your own head. And I think that's what it is with Melvin. I feel like the, the coaching staffs in the past have done enough with him. And, you know, maybe there is some tips and tricks. That, you know, I'm not a running backs coach by any means. Uh, I don't know. But maybe there are some tips and tricks they can do to help him. And I'm sure they've done that. Um, I know Zach Stevens reported today that in practice as of Tuesday, um, he came in and had a vengeance of a practice and was running the ball really hard and, you know, holding onto the ball really well, uh, which we, we should have seen from him all along. But, um, I think he's really just in his head. I think if I, if I was Melvin Gordon, I would honestly just turn. I would log out of Twitter, log out of Instagram, delete it, whatever, and just work like work your ass off and just have have a good game after game after game. You know whether you're going to get re-signed by the Broncos next year or not, or whether you know um, you're you're the starting running back for this team for the rest of the season. It doesn't matter. You know this is this is now. You want to help your team win. This is why you're here. This is why you you signed a, a shorter deal than you were declaring for at first. Um, you know he's got he's got to he's got to stop turning over the ball. He's got to stop fumbling. And, he's, and when he can stop doing that, like you said, he he averages some of the best um, you know numbers in terms of yards per carry in the NFL since he's entered entered the league. So if he can do that, man, if he can limit these these mental mistakes, he can he can be a god. He, he can be really good. I mean, he can really set himself up for a big contract by another team. So, um, yeah, yeah we, we just want to see Melvin succeed. Yeah, you know, and, and, I, and I'm really glad that you touched on that podcast clip because this was something that I heard them discussing on the uh, DNVR podcast as well. Um, and and one thing, you know, and uh, I don't know if you know RK on the DNVR podcast, but, yeah. you know, he brought this up is uh, 
like just anything you do, you know, like when you, okay, like to Alvin is already that far in his head is so concerning. And I, I guarantee you that's a huge part of the problem. You know, like it, it, it it's just like when you're uh, just, and, and the analogy he used is like when you're playing golf, he's like, when you sit there and say, don't put it in the water, don't put it in the water, don't put it in the water. What do you do? You put it in the water. And Melvin having that mindset, and you know in that Raiders game, you know he and we didn't see Melvin Gordon touch the field until what? What was it? The second quarter? Yeah, exactly. It was his first. It, it was his it, first it, carry. It's like he knew it was coming. Exactly, and he knew the reason he had been on that bench the entire first quarter is because he had been fumbling so horribly. He knew that was the reason that he didn't touch the field. And what does he do? The first carry he goes out there, he fumbles. And I guarantee you, he's sitting there telling himself, "Don't fumble, don't fumble, don't fumble." And when you when you have that mindset, you are more likely to to make the mistake you're so worried about making. You are more likely to make that mistake with that mindset than just not thinking about it at all. Yeah, you know, look, we we want to we want to see Melvin's podcast um, a few days ago. Uh, we came on here and said we want to see Melvin be cut immediately. Um, you know, obviously I'm taking that back. It was high, high emotion and all. Well, obviously we have to ride, we have to ride with our running back. Um, you know, he, he just gotta, he's gotta, he's gotta take these mind mistakes, these mental mistakes away. Well, you know, and actually, I mean, I would have to disagree with, uh, well, and obviously giving, given the situation, obviously like cutting Melvin Gordon right now would be just an absolutely foolish move. Um, I, I mean, yeah, it's not real. We would be the laughing stock of the league, but and I and I, I I still stand by this. He should not be resigned next year. He should not even be considered. Oh, I mean, yeah, sure. Be considered to be resigned next year, and if Javante does not go down in that game, and I I possibly I might even argue if Javante's injury was less serious to where he was only going to miss a few weeks, I I I still stand by my original statement that should have been his last carry as a Bronco. Uh, you know, it's just, it's an issue that's not only has it consistently come up, uh, and not, and not only has it not gotten better, it's gotten significantly worse. And then two, you can already point to two games, uh, that he's cost us solely, solely by himself. Obviously you can look back to week one and say Javante fumbled too, which is true. I, I, I blame that on both of them, but, uh, Still, one of them gets it in there. One of them, just one of them, punches it in there, and uh, and we're not when we're not talking about. I and seriously, I think we're at the point in the season where we have a different outcome on any one of our any, and we're talking about this team in a completely different fashion, uh, you know. And then, and the reason, and the reason why I, I, you know, I. I Obviously, there's an equal amount of blame on both backs for fumbling twice, and or for each of them fumbling in a crucial situation in the game. And the re- but the reason why it comes up so often with Melvin is because obviously, like Melvin's been here longer, he's been in the league significantly longer, and he's always been a known fumbler. Javante's leash for this is way longer, way longer than Melvin's. Uh, you know, and, and I just I I don't really know what the dir- the direction of this team will look like if this issue doesn't get cleaned up because i mean we're just at the brink of week five 
Uh, you could already – I mean, you could seriously argue we're lucky that we pounced on them uh, last week against the 49ers. But you could – I mean, we could seriously be looking at this team right now saying we are one because of Melvin Gordon. And if you're looking like that only at week five and the issue has only gotten worse – I'm not saying he can't turn it around, and I'm not saying he can't go out there and have a great rest of rest of the season and help, uh, you know, put the running game on his back and put this offense on his back. But I no reason to believe that he he'd be able to do so, uh, you know. And, and like I said, you know, and I've already said this many times, Melvin has absolutely no doubts about whether Melvin Gordon can be a productive running back in the NFL, but I have plenty of doubts on whether he can hold on to the football. And that is arguably the most, uh, you know, the most important part of being a running back is the finish. And, you know, and Hackett spoke about it today. Uh, You know, it it doesn't matter. You know, a a 30 yard gain doesn't matter if you don't hold on to the football, a 150 yard gain doesn't matter if you ended up blowing it in the end because you fumbled and it got returned back for a touchdown or put uh, or put the opposing t- the opposing offense in great field position, or even just giving giving another team uh, a possession. I mean, it, uh, if this continues to be the same issue that through uh, the first five five weeks and well and through his entire uh, his entire time in Denver, I the, you can guarantee you can almost guarantee there's going to be a handful of games that we're going to lose solely because of him, uh, you know. And at this point, it, then you look at Latavius Murray and uh, Mike Boone and say, well, w- would we rather five yards a carry and have the chance that the ball will be turned over every single play, or do we want to go throw other guys out there that are going to rush for two, three yards a carry, uh, but at least they'll hold on to the football. And, uh, you know, the Broncos offense is in a really tough spot right now. And uh, for the rest of the season, you know, we're going to learn a lot about Nathaniel Hackett. And how oh, he yeah, sure. and, and, well, and, and the coaching staff in general and how they're able to handle adversity, you know. Uh, but and as far as this translates specifically to the to the matchup uh, on Thursday, um, you know, all I can say is I hope Melvin goes out there and has an absolute, you know, has a has a hell of a game. I hope he shuts everyone up. I hope he proves his doubters wrong. And I mean, and you, and you you can't blame anyone for being a doubter at this point. Um, you know, I, and I'm still fully out on Melvin until I'm proven otherwise. But even then, that's a you know a good game this Thursday isn't gonna isn't gonna do it for me. I like I need to see a good season out of Melvin. Uh, yeah, Melvin just. You can go ahead. It, uh, it, well, and, and just specifically in terms of the fumbles. Uh, and like I said, like I know at the end of the season, uh, you know, assuming he stays healthy, I, I, I know the numbers are going to be there. The rushing numbers, they'll be there. Uh, but what? But none of that really matters if if the fumbles look anything like they do now. Uh, you know, I you got to hope that, his last fumble was last week and it's going to be a clean slate moving forward. But at this point I have no reason to believe so, but um, 
And, and, and one thing I do think, and one thing I do take away from, you know, losing Javante to, I think we could really see this offense become a lot more pass heavy. And that's just going to put, you know, that's going to put even more pressure on Russ to put the offense on his, uh, and put the team on his back, you know, and, and they're going to have to get creative and, uh, you know, one, and one, one improvement and shifting away from the running, uh, just specifically the running back situation, uh, shifting over to the coaching staff. One thing I will say, um, I, I do think uh, on the last pod, you know, the, the reaction pod to the loss, I, 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 that, I think that was the one area where I, I went a little bit too far. Um, you know, just in my, uh, you know, with, with, with all the emotions and such, uh, I, I, I do think I play, I blame too much on the coaching staff, even though it could have been a better performance by them. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of the, the, uh, offensive woes were, you know, I think actually now that I've rewatched the game and gone back and watched the film, uh, a lot of the offensive woes that we saw in the, in the third quarter, uh, you know, and I, you were right, you know, the, I would say the vast majority of them were due to the offensive line. And, it, you yep. know, and if it wasn't just blatantly blowing protections uh, and getting Russ killed back there, then it was holding penalties and false starts. Yeah. Um, and obviously it was, and, and that's another thing, you know, it doesn't matter who we, who we got back there at running back, you know, and until the, until the run blocking improves, I, nobody's going to be productive back there. Uh, but, yeah, and so that's that's one thing I really really want to see uh, improved is the the O line play specific well in pass pro and run and run blocking, uh, but you know uh, the I think my my one criticism of the coaching staff last Sunday is is I didn't like how uh, you know in previous weeks and specifically in the red zone we were saying what are we doing you know the the run is working. And they were, you know, the coaching staff was being really pass happy, trying to get too cute. And, uh, and that, that was our, I think, I feel like that was our complaint through probably the first. And, uh, and then now, you know, this last game, it seemed like it was the exact opposite. Uh, we were actually getting, you know, the offense was getting going with the pass game and obviously not in the third quarter. Uh, nothing was, nothing was working at that point, but, um, you know, if you look at that Raiders game, the one thing that consistently worked throughout the entire game was Russ. Like, you know, Russ was cooking Russ, the past game, you know, we, we were making progress in that, you know, in that aspect. And that, that seemed to be the only, uh, the only thing that was working on Sunday. And then the end, they just kept trying to pound the rock. Uh, you know, and I'm, uh, I don't even think this is really a strategy. I think this is just common sense. Uh, you have to be able to play call, uh, according to uh, according to uh, like what's happening in the play situational football, uh, and you have to be able to coach situational football. Uh, if, if you can see the run game just isn't on today, then it, and I'm not saying you got to go out there and make Russ throw 40, 45 passes, but you know you you should lean to be more pass happy in that situation. Uh, you know. And when, when something's work, you know, if it ain't broke, don't, don't fix it. If something's working, stick with it until it doesn't. Uh, and I, and I mean, even your average like Madden player would be able to tell you this, you know, you don't go away from something until, until the opposing team forces you to. 
And uh, I, and that's what I, and obviously in any game, I think establishing the run, and especially in this offense, establishing the run is just critical uh, as in really as in any offense, but especially this one. Um, and, and I, you know, I think, uh, I think looking at this game, uh, I, just what I want to see from the coaching staff uh, this week specifically is I want to see them excel in their ability to coach situational football and, you know, obviously, from the start, yes, come out and try to establish the run. But if it's not working, it, you know, if the run game, if it looks anything like it did last week, give it to Russ. Let let him go out there and make stuff happen. And uh, or if, you know, receivers aren't gaining the separation, the pass game isn't working, but the run, you know, if, if we're getting uh, six, seven yards of carry like we have in some of these games, stick with it. Keep pounding the rock. Just give, give it to Melvin, give it to Mike, and they, they will get you yards. You know, I, I just want to see – I want to see their ability to uh, not necessarily ride with the – but look at what is working. And stick with it until you're forced to move on. And uh, and I mean, if they, you know, I, and I think one thing we saw last, uh, one thing we saw last year that really held the Broncos' offense back specifically is uh, Pat Shermer and stubbornness to like, like his willingness to go away from a game plan. Um, and obviously, yes, you want to come into every game with a, a set and solid uh, idea of how you're going to attack a defense, but you have got to you have got to be able to have that ability as a coach to realize okay this isn't working but this is this is what we need to this is what we need to ride with this is what we need to uh focus on for the rest of the game this is working let's keep it that way and uh you know that that and that's my biggest that's my biggest priority and uh specifically what I want to see out of the coaching staff and the offense uh this week against the Colts. I, I, I think if, uh, I mean, obviously we, we've seen that you can still pull out a win without that, uh, without that, but I think that is really the key to being able to play a full, a, a complete game offensively. And then obviously I think we've already covered I, I, the, the defense should be, should have no problem doing their jobs uh, against the, against the, abysmal Colts offense but offensively that is the key I think that is the key to the game is just realizing and sticking with what's working yeah I think that's a a good way to um, you know kind of preview this matchup Uh, if the coaching staff can kind of work on their situational play calling and just situational football in general and managing the game overall and being more aware and disciplined and sound um, you know, they could put this their uh, offense and defense, you know, both in a great spot. Um, I like that. And if, you know, the team can play, you know, just um, overall, you know, complete, uh, you know, um, you know, football and not, you know, commit penalties and can, you know, complement each other well, I think they'll be able to put up points and, you know, prevent points. And, uh, you know, I like that. And, um, you know, going back, you know, kind of finishing things off for uh, with Melvin, um, you know, the, the dude's just in his head. And we can say it a million times, but, you know, he's a human just like all of us. And, you know, at the professional level, obviously, as us as fans, reasonably so, we're going to expect a lot out of him, um, especially as, you know, the uh, the 1B or 1A, so to speak, uh, running back of this team. Um, and now he's the, you know, 
number one running back of this team. So, um, you know, we're expecting a lot out of him. Um, you know, uh, you know, everybody can speak from experience. You know, when you try to do something and you just kind of constantly keep saying it in your head that, you you know, you're not going to make that mistake, you're not going to make that mistake, and it ends up happening. I mean, we all can relate to this in some degree or extent, um, whatever it may be. But, you know, the thing that crosses the line is, you know, he's the starting running back of an NFL franchise, and he's got to figure the, figure this thing out. And I do have faith that Melvin can figure this thing out, honestly. I feel like he's a true pro and hard worker. Um Obviously, it's been a problem for multiple years, and I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to be completely realistic with everybody. I don't think his fumbling is ever going to go away, to be honest. But I think he will fix it in cert- certain situations, um, in terms of you know uh, the the near future. Um, I think he's going to have a, a next few, uh, quite you know good few next uh, games, but I'm not sure long term uh, the season at least um, if he'll be able to do that for us. I'm hoping so. I have a lot of faith in Melvin Gordon. Um, I hope he. I, I hope he can just you know pop off and you know ball out this season for the Broncos because we're we're gonna need it. And uh, and you know that kind of um, ties up all this uh, this preview for um, this game against the Colts. We just gotta um, establish a running game. But like you said, you know once you know if it keeps if it's working, you know don't don't shy away from it. Obviously, the run game is super important, but you know do do what's working for your football team. If Russ is you know balling out, then find a good uh, you know a good balance between your run and pass game. But if the run game is starting to be shut down a lot, then try to try to be creative and figure out how you can get the the Colts defense you know on their on their toes back you know them backed up against the wall. And uh, just just figure out how you can exploit their defense, and don't just don't be too predictable, and don't try to do you know don't try to do things that um, you know you know aren't going to work, and try to you know be too fancy or you know whatever it may be for this offense. Um, I think just, I think Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson just need to go back to the fundamentals um, of this offense, and you know try not just try not to be too fancy. I feel like I think they just need to play. Um, you know, not old school, but just fundamental, situational um, football on, you know, on the offensive side. And I, I feel like the defense just had a bad week on the ground. Um, I think it's just honestly maybe a part of the rival. I, I don't know what it is. Josh Jacobs always, expo- uh, you know, expo- um, exposes our defense for whatever the, re- the reason is. Um, our defensive court is ne- never able to prevent their run game. But um, I, I'm confident that we can rebound this week. Um, I know Avero and even the Colts coaching staff is highly expecting um, and they have high hopes for Jonathan Taylor to be ready on Thursday night. And I believe so as well. So it's looking like he's going to be out there, but he is, you know, dealing, dealing with that ankle injury. Um, he hasn't been able to uh, clips, I believe over around 70 yards or 65 yards. Um, ever since that week one game, he's been dealing with that injury. So um, hopefully we can take advantage of that. Um, I feel like defense, like you said, it's due for a bounce back week. And uh, with that being said, we can kind of jump into um, another segment of fantasy football with Trayton. Um, our first question of today will be from Bruno Tabbitt. It says, start one between Najee Harris, J.K. Dobbins, and Raheem Mostert. Najee Harris, J.K. Dobbins, and Mostert, you said. Yeah. Okay. Um. I I really don't like uh, those are some rough options. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely not 
very high on Najee anymore, but I'm I he's definitely going to get the most opportunity out of any of them, and I absolutely I hate that Bills matchup. Uh oh, gosh, Buffalo's a fourteen point favorite. Yeah, that's ugly. Um, that's unrelated though. Uh, I honestly, I I think your your best bet here might be. Uh, you know, and that Bengals defense has been playing great. Uh, and, and Dobbins also, he, you know, he's getting ramped up. He, he's not going to get a full workload yet. Um, and neither is Mostert. Uh, even though his, you know, his, his snap share is, uh, is getting encouraging. Uh, he, he outsnapped uh, Chase Edmonds last week and the week before. And, and it's only gone up week by week. Uh, been a pretty big disappointment, I'd say. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I really, really hate telling you not to start Najee, uh, just because of the matchup and just because of how he's looked, because I, I can assure you, he's going to get 10 times more opportunity than Mostert. But I, at, at this point, from what I've seen out of Najee in that matchup just scares the living shit. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go with Mostert. Why not JK Dobbins two touchdown performance? Uh, he's limited, but. You don't think they'll give him more opportunities? Well, you know, I think he's going to go up week by week, but I don't think mm-hmm. he's I don't think he's really at the he's not at uh, Mostert's workload yet. Um, and and sure. too, I, I and just the matchup there too. Uh, I, I I like Mostert against the Jets a hell of a lot better than I do uh, Dobbins against the Bengals. That's and fair. even even if they see relatively like relatively similar workloads, which I think Mostert's going to out snap Dobbins by a pretty decent margin. Um, even if, you know, even if Dobbins has this, like a roughly similar workload, I, I like Mostert's matchup a lot better. And I like that. Uh, I, I, I like the, the Dolphins, I, their, their running scheme with Mike McDaniel. I just, I think there's so much more opportunity for Mostert there. And to, you know, Mostert has value in the past. Cool, cool. Um, T one Titan asks uh, Higgins or Deontay Johnson. Higgins or Johnson? Um, th- yeah, this would be another one. I, I know the Bills. Uh, they're still missing a lot in their second. And mm-hmm. I, th- I, you know, and two with Pickett starting, I think that can be really, really good for, uh, for obvious like any Steelers uh, receiver. I, I think that's going to be really good for their fantasy value. And even, I think that's going to help Najee a lot too, uh, because now I think the Steelers are actually going to have like a, a, at least a passable uh, passing offense. Uh, and the reason, the reason I wouldn't uh, just to cover my ass here, the reason I start Najee, even though I think he's going, I think he will, uh, I think he's going to look better in coming weeks, but I want to see a full game with Pickett and this matchup just scares me too much. Uh, but I think, uh, with Steelers wide receivers, I think that their fantasy production is going to go up significantly now with Pickett. Uh, but I, I would still give it a week and especially just with this matchup, I'm not. So, uh, I would definitely go with T Higgins. And I mean, he, he kind of Higgins kind of looks like he's been the, the heart and soul of that Cincinnati passing offense. Uh, Jamar chase, he hasn't been terrible, but. Uh, you know, I would say T. Higgins has definitely been the wide receiver one in since he, uh, at least so far and so far this season. So, uh, 
I, I would definitely lean uh, T. Higgins just because of the matchup, and I, I I need to see a full game out of Pickett before I make any uh, before I start starting uh, Pittsburgh wide receivers with any with any sort of comfort level there. So yeah, definitely roll with Higgins. Man, I fear for Steelers fans this coming Sunday. That seems a little scary. Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm all aboard the picket train, but I I just hate that his that first game against the Bills, and it, it looks even worse. I mean, the Steelers have a really really rough schedule the next five games for Pickett. Oh yeah, so not looking yeah. good for them. Yeah, he's got the Bills and the Bucks back to back weeks, and those are I I'm pretty sure those are both top five defenses. Okay, so here's a, a unique yet vague question. Um, uh, I'm not going to say this dude's username, but he asks, "What would you pick up for? Uh, who would you pick up for a running back right now?" Well, I, I really can't answer that question without like without some targets that are on your waiver wire. Yeah, um, but just but- generally, generally speaking, like um, obviously, like Jamal Williams is going to be on teams by now, but like. Just thinking that, uh, yeah. Just generally, um, if we're talking ten to twelve man leagues, uh, you know, looking at the options, they're kind, they're pretty slim as far as running back goes. It usually is at running back, um, but I, I would say uh, in most standard ten to twelve team leagues. Uh, I mean, should I'm in a twelve man league and uh, Melvin Gordon, he's still on the wire, and obviously he's going to be. RB one for the rest of the season, uh, pretty clear. Um, uh, Rex Burkhead, I, he's not a. I don't think he's a consistent option at all. Um, Damian Pierce is popping off, so uh, Damian Pierce, I, I would be absolutely floored if he was on waivers and uh, in any league at this point. But ob- yeah, obviously, if he's on waivers, go grab him. Like go run. Uh, but as, as far as, uh, as far as consistent options for the rest of the season, uh, I, I would definitely, if you're looking for kind of like a stash player, you know, uh, Rashad white, I, I think he is a really rare, I, if you have the roster, uh, space for him, uh, and if you're looking for like a more of a long-term stash player, go get, go pick him up right now. Uh, you know, he, he got a lot of snaps at the end of that uh, Tampa Bay, Kansas City game. And he had uh, reportedly had an, an amazing camp. And uh, I would not be surprised and start taking snaps for, uh, from Fournette as the week goes on. Um, and then uh, uh, Tyler Algier, he's in the oh, back. Yeah. I, I, go grab him if you can as well. And, and not, only, uh, not only him as a stash option, uh, not only do I think he could have really, really great fantasy production towards the later, uh, the later end of the season, week by week, but I mean, I think right now he could even. I think he's going to take a lot of snaps from uh, Cordero Patterson, and I mean, with him going on IR as well. Uh, now that we like after we see a decent sample size of Algier, I'm not sure if Patterson's going to. Uh, I mean, of course, he's still going to get snaps, but I, 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 th- I think there's a good chance that Algier could be the RB1 after uh, Patterson comes back. And uh, yeah, Leonard Fournette isn't hurt, but I would say the same thing with Rashad White. I think there's a great chance that he's the RB1 in Tampa by, uh, by, season's, by season's end. So, yeah, I would definitely say, uh, if available, I would say uh, Melvin 
Algier, uh, Rashad White. Those are all very solid options. And then, uh, you know, Naheem uh, Hines, I think he could also be another really solid option just for if you're looking for a, a flyer this week, then uh, he's also a really solid option. That is some really good advice. I, I like the Algier one. I actually did not think about that. I think people really should be on that considering Patterson's out. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. Next we have – let's just do uh, one or two more. Um, McQuay Darden, I uh, apologize if I said your name incorrectly. He uh, asked, should I start Christian Kirk or Josh Jacobs? I'm assuming you talk, obviously talk about the flex. Uh, what do you think about this one? Well, and this is hard. Uh, you don't want to fall. You don't want to fall victim to uh, starting a player. Just be like, yeah. Obviously, it's going to be really tempting not to start Jacobs. Just looking at what he did last week against Denver. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we've seen this so many times with Jacobs. Just in previous years, uh, I, I don't know what it is with Denver, but he goes. Yeah, I mean, he turns into prime Barry Sanders against Denver, and I, I just. From what I've seen in past uh, in past years, with my own eyes, I, this week screams at least for Jacobs uh, going up against the Chiefs, and I actually like I actually really love that matchup for Jacobs. Uh, but just from what I've seen in in the previous years, everything about this screams uh, for him to go out there and maybe get. Like, like 30, 40 yards. Yeah. Every, everything about this screams dud for Jacobs. And then, uh, you know, if, if you look at, uh, I actually, where are the Jags here? Are the Jags on a buy? Oh no. Texans. Oh yeah. And that's actually, uh, and that's Texans. I think Jacobs, he's definitely going to get more opportunity. And, of course, in any situation, when a player has a game like Jacobs did last week, it's hard not to start him. Uh, but just history tells me, and then the matchup as well, uh, I Kirk Kirk in every situation here. Yeah, I'd stick with Kirk. I like it, I like it. Um, final question. Um, someone asked Devin Singletary or Tyler Boyd. Singletary or Boyd? That's a that's actually a really good that's a really good question. Must be a deeper league, um, and I would actually lean um, I I would I would lean Singletary because I I really think the only way that uh, you get consistent production from Boyd is I because I mean obviously it's very clear he is the wide receiver three in that offense. Um, I, I will say I have liked his fantasy production. Uh, in the in the recent weeks, but I think yeah, I mean if you look at like the Jets game for example, really long uh, touchdown pass, and I mean, and, but and that's the thing for Boyd, that's what's been keeping his fantasy performance afloat is uh, you know, is touchdowns and touchdowns are very fluky. Those aren't uh, just it just because. Scoring two, you know, one one to two touchdowns a game, and that's been able to like, carry your fantasy. Or you know that's been able to be productive for that position. If you're looking at a player who's been really uh, who's been consistently productive in fantasy, and if you look at their stats, and most of those points are being kind of inflated by touchdowns, 
I, I, those are not players you should be starting. Um, that's great if they can keep you covered for a week or two, but touchdowns are just such a fluky stat. I can't stick with that. So I'm definitely going to have to lean a uh, single Terry here. I don't love the matchup, but I, he's going to get 10 times more opportunity. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense considering, you know, uh, Higgins and Chase have been doing quite well. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Singletary has been involved a lot in the passing game. Um, and so wrapping up, that wraps up our fantasy fo- football segment. Um, so now we can kind of do our uh, uh, wrap up the episode in general so we can uh, do our weekly uh, predictions. Um, last week, I know I, I uh, guessed the Broncos to win over um, the Raiders 24 to 16. What I did last minute, I'm in a pick em league. And so a lot of these games – um, I would like to, you know, just us pick a lot of like um, NFL games on here um, for you guys to hear. But, you know, with me, uh, with, with, with me being in a pick em league, I, I kind of make my decisions like the morning of just because I feel better about them when I wake up. Um, and I'm not I'm not going to lie. I did uh, change my pick to the Raiders um, that morning. Um, I think right now I've predicted like 36 games. Correct. So it, I could it could be better. But um this week, so what do you think in offense and defensive players for the Broncos? Who's who's going to go off um, on the stat sheet against the Indianapolis Colts? Um, you know, I uh, def- I'm going to start out with defense this time. Uh, you know, I this is actually a really hard one for me because I I, I, I totally feel like uh, I like I feel like it, it could honestly be any player, any of them, because uh, I I really just the on-paper matchup and then just what we've seen in, in previous weeks from Ryan in uh, that Colts offense just leads me to believe that the defense should have a day. Uh, I, I, I think that this is going to be a, a game where we can see a lot of turnovers. Um, and I, I, you know, and I, I think Ryan's going to get sacked a, a decent amount as well. I, I really think the pass rush, even being average and losing Gregory, I think we could be average, and I think we're still going to have a great night uh, in the turnover battle, and just getting get you know getting pressure because that Colts O line is just they have not been playing uh, up to par. Ryan seems to have no interest in taking care of the football, so something Melvin and him have in common. Uh, yeah, but anyway, you know this is really hard for me. Uh, and it's hard for me to kind of get picks. Uh, but I think as far I, I, I think I, I definitely think that Ryan's going to throw a few up to the defense. Um, so uh, I'm going to, but I'm going to have to lean Bradley Chubb. I, I, I think this is, uh, I, I think this is just everything about this matchup. I think this is uh, a game for him to go off, get, I and I I don't want to get too ambitious, but I could even see a two two to three sack game from from Chubb. I like it offensively. Offensively, uh, I'm gonna have to go with Russ on this one. Uh, you know, w- with uh, with the Colts probably missing uh, Shaq Leonard and um, Julian Blackman. And I don't know because I, th- I believe Blackman's out with concussion. Uh, so I, and he, he hasn't practiced so far, but I, there is a very real possibility that he could be activated uh, before then. Um, but, and with it being a short week, I'm not sure. 
but right as of now, it's it's looking like the Colts will be without both uh, Blackman and and Leonard. So, uh, I I'm looking at this as uh, I I think I think the passing offense is going to have their way this game. I think this is I we saw a, a big improvement last week, and I think uh, I think we can build on that this week. And I, I want to see a, a complete offensive game. I want to see Russ get going early, uh, like he did last week. So uh, I, I'm, I'm going to give this one to Russ. I, I believe I went with Jerry Judy last week, which obviously didn't uh, didn't pan out. But I, I really think uh, I, I think Ru- I think this is going to be Russ's big game. And uh, and one thing, th- this isn't my prediction, but I would like to make a side note. You know, with uh, with you know last week with that uh, KJ deep ball, I believe he had four snaps. And I, I mean, and, you know, when you get four snaps and you go out there and, and out of four snaps, you have a 55 yard catch, um, you know, and the deep ball looked great. Uh, I, and listening to Hackett in his press conference and just the tone of voice that he, he said it in, uh, he said, yeah, so like, I love what KJ did. We have to get him more involved. That to me, it, it seemed like people t- uh, it, it seemed like people took that as like, oh yeah, KJ has to find a way to get more involved. No, I, 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 I actually feel like that seemed like Hackett was saying, you know, yeah, that was super exciting to see, really encouraging. And I, I really think that he was actually saying, like, I, I think he actually meant that when he said it, you know, uh, I think this, I think he's going to work to get KJ really, really involved with this offense. And, uh, I, I just just be on the lookout. I feel like if uh, if his snap count can go up, um, and I, I I can tell they're still being really cautious with his injury, uh, but if we see his snap count go up significantly this week, I think KJ could have a hell of a game. I love it. I want to see KJ get involved. Um, that's really encouraging to see from coach as well. Um, offensively for the team, um, man, I'm really going back and forth between Sutton and Melvin. I think we can. I think Melvin definitely could silence everybody this week and have a, a great game. Um, I think regardless, I think he's gonna have a great game on Thursday. Um, I think I'm gonna be one of the few people to say that. And um, I think Sutton, though, I think he could continue his ownership of the over the Colts. Uh, Rocky Sin ran away from the team, um, and now uh, Sutton obviously has to claim a new victim. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and lock in Sutton. That feels like the safe pick for this week. Um, I think I think that feels like the safe pick for every week because I mean <laughs> I, so reliable. Well, yeah, you know, and I, well, and I mean, just look at what we've seen throughout the offense so far. Is just like Sutton is Russ's guy, and there's yep. no question about it. Yep. So and uh, defensively, um, obviously, Sertan won't light up the stat sheet like last week. He probably had, um, well, he did have the best uh, the best day by any of our players on defense, but on the stat sheet, I mean, nothing looks too crazy unless you look into the advanced stuff like his uh, PBUs. And, um, you know, obviously Devontae only had four catches or 46 yards um, against him in coverage. And even some of that is skewed. But, um, uh, you know, he had the one catch in like one of the first few plays of the games where he had the wheel route for 20 yards. And, you know, he got got Sertan on there. He got Sertan there. But besides that, he locked him the fuck up. I love Sertan so much. Um, you know, going aside from that for a minute, um, man, I could really see a few players um, having a really good game. I 1,000% could see 
Bradley Chubb having a big day. I can see someone on the interior having a big day. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and stick with you on this one. I think Bradley Chubb makes up for Randy Gregory's absence and uh, lights lights up that uh, tackle for uh, the Indianapolis Colts and has a big day. So, yeah, I'm locking in Cortland Sun and Bradley Chubb, probably um, probably my safest picks I've made this season. But I, I really like their, their chances um, against this uh, weak Indianapolis Colts team. Um, especially to this point, how, how much they've uh, underperformed. I mean, you look at the Colts from top to bottom. They were expected. They were so highly expected by everyone in the league um, to win this division, like, for sure. And then, you know, come out, they've just been – I thought the Broncos were extremely disappointed, but no, the Colts have been, you know, on paper, they should have at least – you know, they don't have it, it's like serious weapons, but – um, they have they they look like they were gonna have a great defense. Um, people thought Matt Ryan was a significant improvement from Carson Wentz, but apparently not. I mean, he's and, and the I ball never, over a lot. I I never saw it. I never. Uh, I I know we're getting a little sidetracked here, but I, mm-hmm. I I never understood the Colts hype with Matt Ryan, and I I I seemed like I was not only in the minority. I couldn't find a single person that was. Uh, in agreement with me as far as like I, I honestly think uh, and I'll say this I don't I don't know if Carson Wentz at this point in their career I don't know if Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan but I do know Carson Wentz and that Colts offense is a better I, I, I know that Colts offense looks completely different with Carson Wentz at the helm uh, yeah, and if you look at his stats last year I believe let me check this real quick but I believe uh, Carson once had a 27 to seven touchdown to interception ratio. And, and obviously the week that, you know, the week 18 meltdown against the, against the Jags is what everybody remembers. And yes, yeah. once, once played horrible when it mattered, but he, I mean, he at least got them and gave them a chance to get into playoff contention. And, you know, and that Colts offense did not look bad, uh, and then, it, and then you look at the Falcons, and I th- I think, I mean, obviously Matt Ryan's been on the on the decline for years now, but yeah, um, I mean, if you looked at, the, I think everyone just kind of thought, oh, well, the Falcons, but you know, Matt Ryan still had weapons. He he still had weapons and was significantly worse than once was last, at least from a statistical standpoint. And uh, I, I just. Yep, yeah. And Carson Wentz last year with uh with Indianapolis was 20 uh, had a 27 to 7 touchdown interception ratio, 4.6 passer rating for uh 3500 yards. And you that, know, and that literally reminds me of Trevor Simeon right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the 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 Simeon uh the Simeon days. But yeah, I I just I've I've ne- I never understood the hype with that Colts offense. I don't I don't even know why people thought Matt Ryan at this point in his career loved the dude, but I I don't know why people thought he would be an improvement over once at this point in his career. Uh, and Matt Ryan last year with the Falcons had a twenty to uh, twenty to twelve touchdown inter- interception ratio, uh, and that's just it. And with this, I, I would say with significantly better supporting cast as well. So, uh, yeah, at this point in his career, I, I, yeah, I, I think this is a game. I think this is a game where we could really see, uh, 
I don't want to get too ambitious now because I was pretty confident last week as well. But I really do think this is a game where we could see, uh, you know, maybe a fumble from Matt Ryan. I, I think maybe Sertan gets one. Oh, yeah. Uh, or one of the corners safety. I, I, I think someone in the secondary gets one thrown to him. Uh, and then I, I think this is a I, I think I, I my prediction is two turnovers at least. Yeah, Matt Ryan's one uh, extremely underwhelming quarterback, and I, I agree. I mean, um, I didn't think he was going to be this bad, not going to lie. Um, I feel like with that Colts team, I didn't think their offensive line was going to be this bad, and I thought at least Jonathan Taylor was going to be, um, you know, he was going to be at least a top three running back like he was last season. He was the best in the league last season. I thought he was going to be at least top three this season. And that I feel like that's a huge testament to why Carson Wentz was able to have such a good-looking stat line like that because he had the best back in the game and it was able to help him out a lot on off- offensively. You know, uh, Frank Reich is, uh, as well. Um, and I thought Matt Ryan was going to be able to come here and finally have a great running back. Um, and kind of ride with that. Whenever he had Devontae Freeman, you know, Devontae, prime Devontae Freeman was a beast, and he, he helped out, you know, obviously Matt Ryan a lot in that run to the Super Bowl. I mean, granted, they had a good defense as well, but um, I didn't expect him to be this bad. But, yeah, Matt Ryan's just old, underwhelming. He turns – he fumbles. He has no, like – he has, like, no, um, like, awareness around him. Um, his pocket awareness just seems pretty bad. And, yeah, I'm not sure why Colts fans and NFL fans really hype themselves up too much for this team. Um, it just screams another comparison to a Broncos quarterback. He just seems like a, a like a fumbling Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I thought he he would at least be a decent game for them. But, no, he, he just – he's turning the ball over a lot. So, yeah, the well, Broncos, I, we definitely should win this one. Oh, for sure, you know. And, well, and I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll leave it off with here, but uh, I, I, I think – you know, the, I think the, the source of most of the Colts offensive problems that they're seeing right now, and obviously just like Matt Ryan just isn't the same dude he was, you know, six years ago. But, uh, you know, I think most of their offensive issues come from this offensive line. And, yeah, I, and I, I, I still do think that Matt Ryan at this point in his career, I didn't expect him to be this bad. I, you know, I, I, I predicted him to still be like a team that might be hanging around in, in December with some playoff contention, like in, like some playoff hopes. But, um, you know, I like, I, I do think Matt Ryan can, at this point in his career, I think he can still be a guy, uh, you know, if you give him a great, a great offensive line, because I mean, the dude is a statue in the pocket, uh, but I mean, if you give him a good O line and some some guys to throw to, I think he can be a decent game manager for you. And I and, and that's exactly I mean, if you look at the Colts roster, I mean, they can realistically win like that. When you have Jonathan Taylor, you can pound the rock and just yeah. You don't have to ask him to go out there and win you games. You have to ask him to not lose you, uh, not lose you games. Sure. Honestly, uh, that's uh, we've seen the exact opposite from Matt Ryan, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, when, when the offense like, if you, if you have an offensive line that, that plays as bad as they have through the first four games, and then you have a quarterback like Matt Ryan at this point in his career behind the offensive line, I mean, the, the results really aren't that surprising. I mean, the battle line, uh, non-mobile quarterback, I mean, everything about that screams 
screams turnover machine unless you're Brady or Rodgers. And even Rodgers is mobile. Final score predictions. Uh, what, are you, what are you locking it in for? Uh, you know, realistically, I mean, this is a game that we I, – I think the Raiders game was a game that we should have won, but uh, – I definitely got really ambitious last week with my score prediction, so I'm gonna I'm gonna chill out this week a little bit. Um, twenty four thirteen on this one. Twenty four to thirteen. Um, I'm ah, I don't know. I I want to go. I'm gonna. I was actually thinking around the same the same. Um, I don't think it's gonna be a super big blowout, but I do think the Broncos are going to win this one by two possessions. I'm going to lock in the Broncos 26 to 13 at home. Um, And so that wraps up today's episode. This was actually our longest episode on uh, this podcast. Um, This was our 21st episode. Um, Everybody that's listened, seriously, thank you so much for, you know, sticking with us. Um, Plenty more episodes to come throughout the season. Um, If you listen to this entire episode today, our longest episode by far, um be sure to message me um let's ride on instagram just say just message at broncos avenue on instagram let's ride and i have something for you um so seriously you know the supporters mean the world to us um can't thank you enough uh we love doing this podcast seriously um and so uh, if you guys enjoyed today's podcast make sure you leave a, a rating on spotify and apple Podcasts. make sure to follow us on notifications as well hope you guys enjoyed um, our next episode, we will be recapping the uh, game against the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Um, hope you hope you guys can uh, stay tuned for that one. Until the next one, peace.